0: Romans chapter 12. And I'm on, right? Okay, I did it right. Okay. Passed the first test. Romans chapter 12. And I know a lot of people say this, but it's, but it's true. When, uh, when you get asked to speak, I told my wife, I said, I said, what did Pastor, Pastor ruin my week? <laughs> and she said, you shouldn't say that. And I go, what's well, the truth? I go, I can't think of anything else all week long. And then I have to actually try to attempt to be clean. <laughs> Not that I have succeed. I'm not claiming, but I. You know what I'm saying? That because I, I take it seriously, and you you want to be right, but all week you're thinking, and I'm like, oh man, boy, I really am a mess. I got to get this figured out here, and then you're you're you know you're you're the Lord's dealing with your heart. So then you, sometimes I don't react the right way, so I'm a little on edge, and then I respond incorrectly to my children or my wife, and have to fix that, and ugh. Oh. And then you say, well, this is what pastor goes through on a continuum. But, you know, and I, in junior church, I'm thinking all week about what I'm teaching. But kids are a little less judging. I'm not saying that everybody here is judging, but you know what I'm saying. Kids, you can make a mistake. You're, you're not as afraid to make a mistake. Can I just say this? Sorry, I, I can say whatever I want, I guess. But um, <laughs> can I just say this? Those of you that are afraid to, to speak in front of kids kids are very forgiving. You don't need to be afraid to speak in front of them. You got to first of all you got to learn to laugh at yourself. And I'm very good at laughing at myself. But second of all, they're not they're not going to pull out a gun and shoot you. I don't think. Maybe a Nerf gun, but maybe but they're they're very forgiving. Cuz I've heard different people I'm I'm a and, and hey, I understand, okay? Obviously we all need God's help. But don't don't be afraid to speak in front of kids cuz you know what? they're not gonna kill you. They may laugh at you, because that's what kids do, Uh, and they may not even be disrespectful in their laughter. You may think that you're sounding perfectly normal, and you're not. You know, Some of my normal, I think is normal stuff, they laugh at, because it's a little weird to them. And then you have to learn how to use different terms, because even though I'm young, 45, I think that's young still, um, when I reference something, they don't know what I'm talking about sometimes, and you have to... You know what? Nobody, including my helper in my classroom, was alive when our towers were hit on September 11th. And a couple of weeks ago, I was talking about that, and they knew about it, that it was a history thing, but none of them were alive when it happened. And it, to me, it seems like it was yesterday, but it, yeah. what this has to do with the message? Absolutely nothing. But I'm just saying that we go through uh, times in our life where the Lord applies a little pressure, and um, we learn a few things, and he likes to humble us, and uh, uh, that's how, and I definitely have not arrived there, but that song that we just sang, Oh to be like thee, that's the only way you're going to be like him, is if you go through things, and uh, um, something that I, I joke with my physical therapist, I said, my life has been ruined, I no longer can be Mr. Olympia, and he, and he goes, I don't think that was ever going to happen. I'm like, I know. But I said, now my left bicep is ruined, and it doesn't, you know, come out the way it's supposed to, and he goes, just relax, it'll come out eventually, you know. It's, it's funny, because I was thinking, we were singing that he's able, and I was thinking about it. My right arm, when I flex, there's a, like a tennis ball. Thing. my left arm nothing shows up and some sometimes it will show up and it, and it like sits up there and starts to peek out a little bit and then it goes away it's so it's so weird, but you know what I learned a lot i've learned a lot it's, it's been good it's been maybe my wife doesn't think so but it's been because i 've been home a lot <laughs> but, but it 's been good for me and it 's helped my prayer life it 's helped me you know um, me grow a little bit, I think, and uh, th- those are all good things. So what we're going to talk about tonight, and it's an unusual subject, and some people think, just like in other subjects, that it's, we're going to talk about hospitality, okay? And some people, when they hear the word hospitality, they immediately, and we're going to talk a little bit about that part of it, but we're not going to spend much time on it, they think of the verses in 1 in Timothy and in Titus, where it says that the pastor... Is supposed to have hospitality. That's one of the requirements for a pastor. Now, I will say this, and our own pastor has said this. I grew up, well, I shouldn't say grew up this way. When I went to college, I'll say this. A lot of emphasis was put on husband of one wife pastor requirements, and they didn't talk about anything else. And they would, the husband of one wife and their children, that's all they ever talked about. And I'm like, what about all the other requirements? They're, they're all there. He's supposed to not be a brawler. He's supposed to be all those things, In which our pastor is those things, so that's not. But a lot, a lot of people think, well, that job is for pastors. So I don't have to do that. Well, the Bible tells us to be hospitable, too. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So Romans chapter 12, and we're going to start in verse uh, 9. And it says, Let love be without dissimulation, abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another, with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. So distributing to the necessity of saints. and then there's this, well, I've got a lot of stuff marked in that verse, but there's uh, there's a little thing called a semicolon, so we're continuing the thought there. Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one to another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. So going back to verse 13, it says, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. What is hospitality? Well, according to the 1828 Dictionary, hospitality is the act or practice of receiving And entertaining strangers or guests without reward or with kind and generous liberality. Now, obviously, when we're talking about hospitality, we're talking about our own homes. But we're also supposed to be hospitable in church. We should, um, it's the act or practice of receiving and entertaining strangers. Now, that doesn't mean we need to start a magic act, okay? And and all that different stuff. To, we don't need to be like the world. We, here, here's my thing. The Bible has principles in it. We need to be open to change. Follow the Bible, okay? I'm not saying stray away from the Bible, okay? But we need to be open to what the Holy Spirit tells us to do. And and everything's not uh, two times two and... Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. The Bible is very... But we, we sometimes can be very... This. This person got saved, and a year later they should be doing this. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <laughs> be kind. Because you know what? We all arrive at different levels at different times. You know what? one thing, that I, and I've probably repeated this before, but one thing that encouraged me, um, and I personally never have, uh, have had a problem with drinking, okay, thankfully, But Brother Ingalls was here one time and I'll never forget what he said. Here's a man who at the time had been saved for 30 plus years. He said, sometimes when I finish mowing the lawn, I go sit on the porch and I can literally taste the beer in my mouth. Because before he was saved, he would mow the lawn and sit on the front porch and drink a beer. This man's been saved for over 30 years. Now, is he drinking? No, I don't believe he is, right? But he just was honest and said, that still is something I battle with. Now, me personally, I don't battle with that. I'm, I'm not tempted by alcohol. I'm tempted by food. I'm just being honest. It's a struggle for me. When I'm stressed, that's the first thing. Little Debbie cream pies taste wonderful when you've had a bad day at work. I'm just being, I'm just being honest. Sometimes we, we look at, we go, oh, let's see, this has nothing to do with the message easier, but well, okay. So anyways, I think we need to be better at being honest about things. we I tell my kids this all the time, so I'll tell you this too. Don't be fake. Be real about it. If you struggle with something, we're supposed to help each other. That's part of hospitality too. We're supposed to help each other. Well, so this is not confessions of Dan's soul, I promise you. We're not going to get that deep. But I will say this, that some people, okay, for some, we, we would preach and say, it's wicked, you shouldn't drink. Now, guys I work with drink alcohol. That's how they deal with the job that I do. That's, that's their answer. Or it's nicotine or whatever, right? Well, how am I any better if my answer is a little Debbie king-size oatmeal cream pie. I'm not any better because I'm giving in to my flesh. And I know that's a weakness. So one of the things I've been trying to do is when I feel stressed, pray, obviously, but also get on my exercise bike and put it into that. (laughs) Get rid of my stress that way instead of getting rid of it by, you know, eating. As much as I hate Ben and Jerry and their liberal policies, they're, Kitchen sink ice cream will just knock your socks off and blow your brains out. I mean, just saying, I'm sorry to put that thought in your head and all you're going to go buy Ben and Jerry's kitchen sink ice cream tonight, but it is delicious. And I I found myself a couple times, I said, the Holy Spirit said to me, this is, he said, what are you doing? I would, I would finish a horrible day. I mean, just overwhelmed and it's 1130 at night. And guess what the gas station in Moravia sells? Ben and Jerry's ice cream. And I would buy a kitchen sink ice cream container, go home and sit down and devour the thing and feel like garbage after I ate it. It was delicious, though, for a brief <laughs> second. <laughs> and, and I would say, what are you doing? You say that you believe God and that you are trusting in him to help you and then you're eating a pint of ice cream, and then you feel bad about it, so you bury it in the trash can so that your wife doesn't see it when she t- dumps the coffee grinds in the trash the next morning. That's the pitiful part of it. I'm just, I'm just being honest with you, okay? That's the, that's the part. That's what we do if we're honest about it. Now, some, oh, bro, I would never do it. No, to be honest, come on. you. Everyone has their issue. Maybe it's not food, and if it's not food, God bless you. Okay? I have a weakness for good food, Okay, and sometimes cheap food. Okay, and, But we all struggle with areas, and we have more than our needs. But there probably is some people in our church that don't have all that they need. You know, I just said this in junior church this morning, and I'll say it again. One thing that you do not, okay, and I'll, I'll include Timothy in my message tonight, okay? Just like it did this morning. One thing you do not want to do in our house. What is that? The one most egregious sin you could probably commit. Don't fail me now. (laughs) Say it louder. Complain. Complain. Cannot stand it. If you sit at my dining room table and you complain about what's on that table, you might not be sitting there for the rest of the meal. I've done that a couple times. You're you're done. See you later. You can go hungry. Why? Because, and I'm not I complain. (laughs) Okay, don't get me wrong. I've had to get that that right. But what is what did what did Moses, I mean not Moses, but Aaron and Miriam get in trouble for? What did the children of Israel get in trouble for? For complaining, for being ungrateful. And one of my kids said one day, which, you know, at least, you know, I will say this. At least they were honest enough to say it. Sometimes sometimes I don't want my kids to be honest. But I would almost rather have a kid that's telling you what they're really thinking instead of keeping something hidden. Why do we have to have so many eggs, one of them said the other day. And I said, you could try starving to death. You could try being like other people in this country who have nothing to eat. You could try being a homeless veteran who was kicked out of your shelter because we had to put a criminal from Venezuela in there to take your place, and, ha- and you're on the street. And the only way, I just saw something the other day. Uh, 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 a guy who has a full-time job, he lives in Boston, and he was outside a homeless shelter and they called the police because he was reacting, he was yelling. And he said, you brought these people in from this other country, and now there's not a bed for me to sleep in. I work a full-time job, and I'm trying to get ahead, and I have no place to sleep, and I got kicked out of here because somebody from another country got put in my place. And he goes, you're paying for everything for them, and I, you don't do anything for me. And, and he was angry, because he's not safe. He doesn't know how to react. Well, again, that's, he's in need. Right, and it says, "Distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality." We're supposed to uh, receive and entertain strangers and guests without reward. Right? We we shouldn't do what we anything that we do should not be for reward. Uh, Turn over to John chapter fourteen. John fourteen, and this is simple, not complicated. This is just something, okay, so again, honesty time, right? I work a lot when I'm working, right? And my wife likes to be hospitable. My wife likes to have the house looking just, and I love that. Sometimes I don't like it when I set my drink down for one minute and leave the room and it's gone, but that's okay. (laughs) And my coaster's gone, the whole thing's gone. I'm like, oh, you know, whatever. She does like things neat, and there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. And she likes to entertain people and have people over to the house. But sometimes, and it's my fault, I'll say, I don't want to be around people. I don't want anybody coming over to the house. And and because I'm tired. Right? And and the Lord said, You're not being very who cares if you're tired. Get over yourself. You need to be around people. You don't need to draw in your to yourself because it's it gets ugly that way. And and that's part of learning how to, to deal with things. At least for me, I have, I've had some, some things I've had to deal with. But so the Bible tells us in John 14, verse 15, it says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. And then verse 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him. And will manifest myself to him what is what does it say in Romans uh, 12 says that we're supposed to be we're supposed to be given to hospitality isn't that a command so God has told us to be that way He has told us that's a marker for a good Christian so if we say that I want to please the Lord okay that I want to be obedient to him, then guess what? I need to be given to hospitality. We're supposed to pursue, the Bible says, the love of strangers. And it says, um, in 12:13 uh, B, it says talks about hus- hospitality in Hebrews 13, and we're not going to go into all what that means, but you know the Bible says that we sometimes have entertained angels unawares. And what I get from that and studying different verses is we don't know who we're talking to, right? We don't know, you know, I, I firmly believe in divine appointments, I really do. Uh, there was a, a pastor, uh, I know that he, I remember him preaching a message one time and he, sa- he flies a lot and he said, how I, he goes, me and the Lord have a deal worked out. And he says, when I'm flying on an airplane, I'll say something, and if the person, and I forget what it was, but he said, if the person responds a certain way back to me, then I know the Holy Spirit wants me to open my mouth and wants me to say something to this person. And he said he's had several good conversations with different people because of that, because, hey, you're on an airplane. What better time to talk about dying? (laughs) But I hope, I mean... We won't go into the optics of all that and the safety numbers and all that, but uh, safety is of the Lord, all right? If he wants the plane to go down, you're going down. And if you want your car to go off the road, it's going off the road, right? But so you don't know who you're talking to. You don't know where people are at. You know, um, Mr. Miller mentioned, and I love how the Lord works this out. So I had this message kind of in my mind. When I'm thinking about when I have to preach, I have a Rolodex rolling through, my, maybe you're different than me. I have this constant. And I have all these scrap pieces of paper written all over the stacks of paper with ideas written down that I think I'm supposed to preach on. And then most of them don't ever go anywhere. And one of them was about the church being a hospital. And then Mr. Miller talked, to, and I, but I just didn't get, but he talked about that in his lesson this morning. And when he said that this morning, I thought, well, that's why I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't develop that because it wasn't supposed to be said, right? And um, but we're supposed to be uh, uh, talking about that. We're supposed to be like a hospital. We have you have hurting people coming in here that we have to be sensitive to. That hey, sometimes, uh, <laughs> sometimes we have to break out of our comfort zone and get to know people a little bit. And I can be just as guilty of this, come in, sit down. You know what I've been trying to do? And I'm not always successful at it. I've been trying to talk to different people. So that I, you know what You know what that helps you do? That helps you also learn how to pray for those people too. Because you actually know, if they're honest with you, and most, a lot of people will be honest with you. You know, I'm the... Uh, <laughs> and I'm getting better at not being this way, but I've I've always been a Mr. Positive person. Not always, but a lot of times. Like, I could always, you know, the car blows up, I can give you five reasons why we don't need to be upset about it. Usually. Now, that's not always the case, okay? And I hope my car doesn't blow up on the way home tonight. Because the other one's at the shop. But anyways... uh, but I, I've always tried to be that way. You know, and yeah, do I feel a little stressed about certain things? Sure. But I, I try, and I'm not saying that you walk up to somebody and you tell them a hundred reasons why you had a bad week. I'm not saying that either. But if you're truly hurting about something and you know you can share with that person, be honest with them. Because you know what? They can, they can pray for you. I've had people come up to me, and I, and I will say this, I appreciate it so much, different people that have asked me constantly. I can't even number the amount of people. How's your shoulder coming along? How is everything? We're praying and you can tell they're praying for you. And that's that's such a blessing. But, you know what? You know what we have to be better at? Telling people that we have problems. Not saying, you know, cuz this is our standard, this is my standard answer. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Well, let's just be honest. I gave myself a pep talk in front of the mirror for 10 minutes just to get myself to come here tonight. Now, that wasn't tonight, okay? But there has been nights like that when I looked at my wife and I said, I don't want to go to church. I'm just being, I'm just being candid here. Why? Because I had a horrible day. And I just want to eat little said, No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I, you know, I just want to just dwell on my bad day. When the best thing for me is to come here cuz first of all, I have four little I well eight little eyes that are that are watching me and if they say okay, well if dad has a bad day, then he gets to skip out. So you know what I mean? I don't want that to happen. But so that's a constant struggle, but honestly, sometimes and I think if some others were in this room were honest, they would say yeah, I'm not always, you know, toe-tapping, singing on the way to church, praise the Lord. You know, sometimes it's dragging yourself, it's drinking, a, I've done this, drinking a cup of coffee, and I'm sorry ahead of time, I'm talking really fast, I had a cup of coffee before church tonight. and I don't normally drink coffee at this time of night, so I'm a little hyped up, okay? But, um, talking, hopefully not too fast. But, but sometimes it's stopping and getting coffee because you don't think you're going to be able to stay awake because you're exhausted. Mentally, physically, spiritually, Right? And this is the best place for you. But sometimes we don't want to be here. Because we don't, we're not ready to get right yet, right? But we're good. We're good at putting on a show. At least I am. I maybe I'm not good at it. Maybe you can see right through me. I don't know. But um, we're good at putting on the show, you know, of yelling at the kids and then pulling in the driveway and saying hi to everybody and smiling. You know. And I've done it, I'm not gonna lie. And <laughs> that's the bad thing about a 20-minute drive to church. A lot can happen in 20 minutes. <laughs> you can go through a couple cycles of I was wrong, please forgive me, and do another mess up and then go through another cycle. But not that I've ever done. Uh, yeah, I probably have. Um, but, <laughs> but the point is that this is a, a place for the hurting. It should be a place for the hurting. It should be a place where we come in and we help each other. And we show hospitality and we show kindness. And when a stranger comes in here, we don't ignore them and we talk to them. Everybody talks to them. And, and, and it's something I've had to work on. That, hey, don't, don't leave that person sitting over there by themselves. Go over there and say hi. Because how would you feel? First of all, think about this. It's, and for me, this is not a struggle, okay? But I grew up in church. Think about a person that doesn't normally go to church. You know how huge, and some of us forget this, how huge of a step it is for them to even pull in the parking lot, then get out of their car and walk in the door. Think about it. It, It's a huge step for them to just even walk in this place. And then they walk in. And they're, of course they're going to sit over in the back. Not, not everybody does that. Or, you know, and they're going to be kept you know off to themselves and they're going to be quiet. Because they're scared to death. Especially, and I'm not, I, I didn't grow up in the Catholic Church, but I've read stories. I've read books about people. Guess what, guess what some churches in this town are doing today, or did today. They warned them about churches like this. They said, "Be careful of those Baptists. They eat people over there." I'm not saying they go to that extreme, but I, they used to teach that years ago. They don't. I, maybe they don't teach that anymore. But they, you know, it's a huge step for them to walk in the door, and then they walk in the door, and we all, you know, hang out in our own little group, and I can be just as guilty. So this is me. This is the Lord to talk to me, and now I'm not saying <laughs> I I'm not conquered at all. But this is, he talked, showed me where I'm doing this, so when I, he shows me, I think maybe some others are doing it too. Don't stand in your little group and refuse to talk to somebody that comes in. They, they made a huge step to even come here. And then, this is, this is what kills me, and I'm guilty of this too. Well, man, I, some, okay, so in the choir, sometimes I count how many people are out here, okay? Okay. And I say, wow, man, that's all that's here today? Well, how do you think we fix that? Prayer, hard work, and being friendly, being hospitable, being giving, right? That's, that's how we fix those things. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And it takes being, and we know this, but we just have to practice it, it takes being uncomfortable. Obviously, some of us are more comfortable at talking to other people than others are. It's something you have to, you have to work at. Like I said, sometimes, and maybe you're not like me, and that's fine, that's, uh, that's probably a good thing, I'm a big pep talker guy. I talk to myself. I, I literally stand in front of the mirror sometimes and give myself a pep talk. Because the Lord spoke to my heart about something, and I look in the mirror and I say, Hey idiot, get your act together. Let's go. I don't and that wouldn't be considered a pep talk, I don't think, because I'm not really being positive. <laughs> but but I'm just saying, hey, dummy, you know, I you know, you're not you're not right in this. You fix it. Right? So 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, well, actually, let's start in verse 8. So it says, And above all these things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. So what does that mean? We're supposed to be hospitable to people without acting like our teeth are being pulled out. It's, it shouldn't be that hard. Sometimes it is. And that's when we have to do a heart check and we say, oh, man, you you are cold. You need, <laughs> you need to get your, your heart right. Sometimes you have to have those frank conversations with yourself, right? He says you're, we're supposed to use hospitality without complaining, without grudging. We're supposed to have a heart search to discern whether we're approaching this opportunity to minister with a hearty attitude, right? Turn to Colossians chapter three, Colossians three and verse twenty-three. I think it's a verse we we all know. Verse twenty-two says, "Servants obey in all things your masters according to the flesh." Not with eye," And this is talking about service. Um, but uh, with eye services, men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. We're supposed to be hospitable and show hospi- hospitality without complaining. We're supposed to do it heartily as to the Lord. That means we're supposed to do it with a smile on our face, right? We're not supposed to be, you know, oh, I have to do this. You should, never, you should not have that attitude. Your kids should not pick up on that attitude from you. They shouldn't say, you know, there shouldn't be, you shouldn't say, well, we, gotta, we have to go to church. We should not have, now, do we, maybe we do, we have those moments, right? But that means we got we to fix something, right? That means, you know, uh, when you go to have a checkup, sometimes they'll do a checkup, I've been to a few doctor's appointments lately where they didn't even do anything when I was there. And I'm thinking, why is this guy getting money? But he's just talking to me and tells me to leave. But (laughs) anyways, (laughs) and you wonder, right? But that's the nice thing about God's word. It can give us a checkup. And when we respond the wrong way to a verse, we go, oh, the problem is not with God's word. You know why people, and we all know this, but you know why people change God's word? Because they don't like what it's telling them. They don't like the plain English of the, you know, the King James because it's clearly telling them what their problem is. And they don't like that. I mean, I don't like to be told what my problem is sometimes, just to be honest. So, lastly, let's, let's look at this. Um, a few thoughts here at the end. But turn to Third John, chapter 1. There's only one chapter. Third John, chapter 1. It's in my Bible, I think. Okay, there it is. All right, Third John, chapter one, and verse um, five says, "Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to strangers, which have borne witness of thy charity before the church. Whom, if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort, thou shalt do well." Because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing of the Gentiles, we therefore ought to receive such that we might be fellow helpers to the church. And it's talking about receiving people in your home. And it says that we might be fellow helpers to the truth. Can I just say this? And I understand everybody has different schedules. I'm saying if you can do it, do it. This is what I'm saying. And you can't do it maybe every time we have a speaker. But you are thoroughly missing out on helping your children, or even if you don't have children, helping your marriage or helping your family if you never take out. Take out, you don't have to even have them in your house or have a special speaker over to your house. What a privilege it is. An inconvenience, maybe at times. It's been an incon. I'm not saying this as a complaint. A couple of times it's been an inconvenience because we had a tight time schedule to have somebody over. But you know what? It helps. First of all, it helps your children to learn how to behave when other people are in the house, right? And they may have a flare-up when that person is there. Their kids, right? We've had that happen before, <laughs> and you have, you have to deal with an issue, right? That's, that's a lot of fun when the special speaker's there and your kid throws mashed potatoes across the room or something crazy, which that's never happened. I made that one up, but I'm just saying there's, there's, there's been some, some testing times, right? But it, that's good for your kids. It's good for your home. And you know what it helps you do? It helps you learn how to pray for them. You know what? We, I've, been, I've been, we've been praying for the Mullers with this campaign every day. Why? Because they sat at our table And they gave the kids toys, and they did wrote a nice thank you note. They were were just genuine, wonderful people, and you could see it. How do you see that? You don't get a chance to see that. I mean, you get to see it a little bit in a church service, but in a home. Why? In a home, they feel more relaxed, right? They let their hair down, as they say. And my hair's already down, okay? So don't worry, okay? Okay. but they let, why, and you know what? You get to see, you know what's funny? So I won't even tell you who it is, okay? So don't even try to guess, okay? This was years ago. My wife will remember this. I think our kids were little. We had a missionary couple over, and they got into a heated argument at our dining room table. <laughs> Again, I'm not going to give any indications of their age or anything. I'm not going to give any clues. And I, we laughed. My wife's laughing right now. We laughed. We were so encouraged (laughs) after they left our house, because here these people have been on this field, and just faithful people, and I mean, and I've heard him speak, I love his preaching, great guy, and they were just going at it, and she wasn't backing down, and he wasn't backing down, and it was just full on at the dining room table, and you know, they were using middle names and everything. And I'm... I, I was... I, I, inside, I maintained composure, but inside I was like, oh, okay. I don't, I don't feel so bad now. Right? But how did I get that experience? I took a chance with little children and had them in my house. And I got to experience World War III. Right? And... Got to experience a, a couple going at, you know, going at it in my dining room table. Because you know what it proved? And they, again, they're wonderful people. I think the world of life, to this day I do. They're human beings and they proved it. So many times we we put this uh, we at least I do, okay? And, and there's nothing wrong with looking up to people that are in service of the Lord. I'm I'm not saying that there is. Obviously our main focus should be on the Lord because He doesn't make mistakes. We all understand that. But that's what I love about the Bible. God could have hidden all of the mistakes that his servants made, but he didn't do that. He could have just told us the good parts about King David. No, he didn't do that. He said, this is where he messed up. This is what he did wrong. This is why he did wrong. Why? Because he knew we were going to make mistakes. You know how discouraging it would be to read a Bible where no one ever messes up? How? Setting this bar that it's impossible to attain. Now, I know the Lord sets that bar, and that pr- helps us learn that we need to be saved. But human speaking, we all know we're human, right? We all know we make mistakes. We all know, you know, hey, I'm not going to lie. I've hit my thumb or finger with a hammer a few times. And I didn't exactly sing Amazing Grace. Now, I didn't swear, okay? I didn't even think about swearing, but I did get a little upset and may have thrown the hammer quite a distance. <laughs> right? Why? Because I'm a human being. I make, I make mistakes. And, and, and I all, you know what I was so this, and I'm, no, I'm not going to say it. Sorry. I read an article in the paper yesterday, but anyways, I'm not going to say that. Something about somebody saying I made a mistake. But... When you make a mistake, you're wrong and you accept the punishment for that mistake. That's all I'm going to say. And that's what we should... You know what, don't get upset. And I do it because I sometimes think I'm more deserving than I am. Sometimes God whacks us and you should be thankful for that. Don't whine and cry about it. I do sometimes. I was the idiot that made the mistake. So guess what? I have to own it. So, let me ask you this. If you look at your life and you say, you know what, I might just be able to improve on being hospitable a little bit more. Then, look in the mirror. You know, the Bible says that we're supposed to use God's word as a mirror. And line, shine, line it up with your life and say, okay, I'm wrong in that area. I need to fix it. So fix it. quickly, and I promise you, quickly, I just want to give you a few ideas, and maybe you already have these ideas. I know we have some real pros at being hospitable in here, and I, I mean that seriously. Um, but here's just a, a few ideas how to cultivate a heart of biblical hospitality. Now, I will say this. Not every time you try to be hospitable, you might, somebody might say no. So... Just prepare yourself for that, okay that does happen, okay, so does that mean we quit? <laughs> no just because i mean if do you share the gospel one time and somebody says no, you never share the gospel again? no, you keep the bible that's one thing i my one my favorite verses in the Bible are about getting back up why because I, I fall a lot okay but if you if you try to be hospitable and the and Somebody doesn't want to come over to your house or doesn't want to, you know, you're friendly to them and it's like talking to a brick wall. I've had that before. It happens. Well, you just keep doing what you're supposed to do. And here's some simple ideas, and I didn't even originally come up with these myself, okay? So if they don't work, blame the guy who put them on the internet, okay? (laughs) But I thought they were good ideas. Collect and file simple, inexpensive recipes for desserts and meals. That's a, very, a way to be hospitable. Little simple ideas. No, you know, you don't need to uh, uh, go on um, cake baking championship and make a cake that you saw on, you know, this cake baking, to, just to be host someone in your house. You really don't. You know what? You know what I, this is another thing that impressed me as a kid. And I, my memory could be wrong on this, so if it's wrong, I didn't mean to tell you the wrong thing. But if I remember correctly, the Gips used to come to our house a lot. And their favorite thing to have, and it's very simple, was sloppy joes and chocolate cake. And we, my mom used to make sloppy joes. You know how easy it is to make sloppy joes? It's about impossible to mess up. Although I have tasted some Sloppy Joe's that someone did mess up, but, and it wasn't at my house. But it's, it's kind of impossible to mess it up, okay? But it's a simple meal. See how easy that was? No extravagant, you know, you know, a, a $85 charcuterie. Shir- I can't even say the word. Sh- sh- whatever, charcuterie. Did I say it right? I don't know. You don't need a $90 charcuterie board just to have a, somebody from the church over on Sunday night or something like that, Right? Make a list of of people who would be encouraged by your offer of hospitality. And this doesn't necessarily need to be someone coming to your house either. It could be you giving somebody a gift, right, or making something for somebody. Now, if someone's a diabetic, okay, can I just say this? Don't give them a a quadruple size bag of candy that they can't eat, and we have to pray for them because they're in a coma in the hospital. Okay, let's not... Be, that's, that goes back to getting to know people, right? And, you know, don't, don't send anybody into a diabetic coma, okay? Make a list of people who would be encouraged by your offer. Make a plan to invite. You have to make a plan. This is, this is where I've failed, okay? My wife will say, we need to have somebody over. And I'm like, okay, well, let's do it. And then I won't give her a date. And, or, I, or I won't answer her questions about when would be a good time. So make make a plan, okay? Start simple. Like I said, don't have somebody over and make something that you've never made before. Please don't do that, right? Because if it's my family, okay, I'm not asking to be invited over to everybody's house. My kids will eat it because they'll be threatened with their lives if they don't eat it. <laughs> but it may not be a great, it's a good experience, but just saying, okay? Don't, don't, don't put us or anybody else in that position, okay? So start simple, okay? Please. Pray that our hospitable God will give you joy in demonstrating his character to others. Again, you're inviting people over, you're, getting, you're letting them get to know you, you get to know them. I don't think, and I'm just going to take a, a step out of the, on, the, on the pier here, I don't think we all know each other as much as we should. I mean, there's some of us that know more about certain people, right? We could get to know each other more. It's not, you know, I like, I like these things that, uh, here's a clue. I'm not making a plug for anybody here, because um, I haven't even bought them myself, but I just think it's a good idea. Uh, there's a website, Dave Ramsey website, and there's a guy on the website that sells conversation cards. And it's questions that you can ask your friends, questions that you... And they're good questions. I've, I've looked into it. Questions that you can ask your kids at the dining... If you don't know what to say to your kids at the dining room table... And, and you know, my kids are at all different ages. Sometimes I don't know what to say. I think I remember what it's like to be a 13-year-old boy, but I think my view of it is a little different. You know what I mean? We sometimes put a... I sometimes have a, a Goldie. That was the word... A, star-eyed, you know, picture of my childhood that maybe didn't exist, right? I sometimes remember things differently, and that's what you have siblings for, and you get together as adults, and they go, oh, no, that's not what was going on then. This is what was going on, right? But I don't necessarily remember what it's like. I definitely don't remember what it's like to be a 15-year-old girl, okay? So <laughs> I, you know, and I don't remember my sisters at 15, So necessarily. So I need help. Right? There's nothing wrong with admitting you need help. You know what I do? And, and I should have them more than I do. But you know what we do for family devotions? i got a stack of books like that. Literally like that. That have an object lesson in them, have a song, have a, a theme that we're supposed to teach. Why? Now sometimes it's, let's talk about Aaron and Elizabeth. Or not Elizabeth. Sorry. <laughs> Aaron, I meant to say Aaron. That's not what I meant. Let's talk about Aaron and what's your name? Miriam. There we go. Woo! All right. Let's <laughs> No, we don't talk about Aaron and Elizabeth during our family devotions, okay? But <laughs> See, we make mistakes, right? But sometimes it's we're talking about Aaron and Miriam and I'm saying, "You know what? This is what God thinks about your lousy attitude." And and sometimes it's me turning over I mean, it's well-worn. My Bible almost opens right up to Ephesians chapter 6. And we're talking about children, obey your parents, and be kind one to another. I know we preached part one last night in family devotions, but we're going to repeat part one because we failed that test. And, and I'm just assuming some of you deal with the same thing sometimes. And, and that's what family devotions is. Sometimes it comes out of we're dealing with the problem of the day. Other times, it was a good day, and I don't know what to say. So open up the trusty uh, devotional book, and we get something out of there. But again, simple. I don't know what the devotions had to do with that. I lost my train on that. Sorry. That's what happened. Then I started talking about Aaron and Elizabeth and oh. Demonstrating the character to others. That's what I was talking about. OK. Remember that memories require time and energy to create. Okay, it takes work. Relationships take work. I mean, think about it. I mean, I had to do a lot of work to get my wife to fall in love with me. You know, I didn't have to do a lot of work to fall in love with her. It was easy for me, but it was probably a lot harder for her, right? And what did it take? It took work, right? If we want things to continue to flow along smoothly, it takes work. It takes me admitting that I'm wrong a lot of times. And I've said this before, and it's, but it's true. A lot of times, I'm the one that's wrong. A lot of times. And I know I'm wrong. But I've been wrong the previous 10 times, and I don't want to admit again that I'm wrong because I feel like I'm always the one that is wrong. So it takes me a little longer to apologize on those occasions, right? Just being honest with you. Because I'm like, I was wrong the last 10 times, and I know I'm wrong again, but I'm not dying on this one yet. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> to make it last a little longer (laughs) because I don't want to be wrong again, right? (laughs) And that, you know, that's... so. But it takes work. And purpose, this is the last thing, purpose to nurture a heart for biblical hospitality that sincerely communicates, and I love this phrase, come back soon. In other words, when someone leaves your house or when someone leaves this church house, They should have the idea in their head, come back soon. That's what they should feel when they leave here. That's what they should feel when they leave your house. They shouldn't feel, oh man, these people really want us to get out of here, right? They should never feel that. This should be, our homes and our our church house should be a place where people feel welcome and people feel at home you know what, when people come to my house, that's the way I want them to feel. I want them to feel at home. Now, I don't expect people to feel that, and I don't do this when people come over to my house, usually. Okay, don't worry. Like today, I was at home. You know what I did? I was walking around in my yard barefoot with shorts and a t-shirt on. And I know you think I'm crazy, that's okay. My neighbors probably think I'm crazy too. Maybe that's why they don't always talk to me. But, because it was sunny. And I, isn't it funny <laughs> how people that live in Florida... It gets 50 degrees, and they're like, oh, it's so cold. We get a little sun, and it was 38 degrees today, and I'm out there looking at my apple trees with bare feet and shorts and a T-shirt on. And, other, and, and my boys, I had to say, hey, put a sweatshirt on. Well, I'm wearing shorts and a T-shirt. I know, it's backwards. <laughs> but they were playing outside. I'm like, put a sweatshirt on. It's cold outside. I'm like, yeah, but the sun the sun is out, Right? Why? Because I feel at home in my home. I, I I tell my, I've told my wife this several times, and it's, but this is just an example. My wife has a special gift for making people feel special on their birthdays at our house. She's really good at it. Well, you know what? That's how we should, I'm not saying, you know, every Sunday's birthday Sunday. I'm not saying that. But People should feel special when they come into church. Now, guess what? Not just one person can be doing this because there's too many people that make everybody feel special. Everybody has to work at it. Everybody has to put in a little effort. You know what our prayer should be, and, and I'm done, okay? but I just close with this. You know what our prayer should be? And, and it's, it's usually my prayer, but sometimes it's not. I'm just being honest. Our prayer, my prayer a lot of times on Sunday night or Saturday night is, Lord, you know who in our church needs a kind word, a handshake. Uh, I'm praying for you. And don't say that if you're really not, okay? People can tell. Uh, I'm praying for you or I thought of you this week. Who needs to hear that tomorrow? can you please direct me to that person? Now, I don't always do what I'm supposed to do. But there's been many times, and it's just a simple thing, like, hey, I thought of you this week or whatever, and they go, you know, I really needed to hear that. And you think, I just said this simple little thing. It all goes back to we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. Well, that includes talking to people. And people need to be encouraged because you know what it's not getting any better in the world I mean we're I mean everywhere you go all you smell is drugs in the air. I literally watched a drug transaction taking place on a street corner in a nicer part of town on the way to church tonight and a police officer driving by and completely ignoring the whole situation you know why I'm not. I love our police officers. I'm not bashing the police. But you know what he knows? It's all the paperwork that he does to stop that. They're going to walk right out of the police station a couple minutes later. And they're probably not going to show up to court. So why should I even stop my car and do anything about it? That's the kind of world we live in. So when we come into church, we have to be a help to one another. And we have to stick together. And it takes work. It's called being hospitable. Let's uh, stand to our feet and bow our heads and close our eyes, and uh, I'll close them. I'll have a word of prayer, and then we'll have an invitation. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I'm thankful for, like I mentioned before, I'm thankful for that you show us in your word mistakes that are made by people that are followers of you. I'm thankful that we serve a, a perfect God. And I'm thankful that you show us mercy. You're ready to forgive. And you're uh, you, if we're willing to, to get back up and keep going, you're, you're there to help us. And you're there to help us get back up. You're there to help us keep uh, going on for you. I pray that you'd help us to, to be the, the Christian that we should be to other people uh, in our church and uh, also outside of church, and that we would be kind to people and that we would um, be loving, and that we would be receiving of people, and that we would each do our part. We pray in Jesus' name.